remember I had lasagna. How do you want that cooked? Not too cooked for bloody as hell. You want me to hold the chicken? I want you to hold it between your knees. And to drink. Ta-da. Peru. This is Bill. He's been a waiter for three years since he left Penn State. Had to get work. He likes the town. He paints toy soldiers and he's getting it. Give us a bottle of your finest champagne. Hey everyone, it's Matt Knutson. Welcome to the Grabbing Lunch Podcast. This is Grabbing Lunch, episode 45. This is my lunch with the comedy film nerds Graham Elwood and Chris Mancini. Uh, I'm just going to throw this out at the top. Uh, Today, I'm releasing this episode. It is September 27th, 2014. If you are listening to this and live in the Los Angeles area, this is also the weekend of the Los Angeles Podcast Festival happening at the Sofitel Hotel in Beverly Hills. LA Podcast, uh, it is actually the baby of Graham Elwood and Chris Mancini, along with uh, comedian Andy Wood, uh, the LA Podcast. They are having 35 podcasters, live panels, comedy shows, a uh, bunch of fun hangs with uh, with podcasters, podcast fans. So uh, if you are in the Los Angeles area and you want to go or you know somebody, uh, tickets and information are at LAPodFest.com. Also, this is, uh, this is very cool, too. If you are uh, listening to this after the 26th, 27th, and 28th of September 2014. Uh, all of the shows are going to be archived and can be streamed uh, at LAPodFest.com. I think you can buy access to all the shows. It's like 20 bucks. So uh, so take a look at that. Uh, get involved in the LA PodFest. It is, uh, it is fantastic. I believe it is in its third year, and it's just getting... Getting better and better every year. So, uh, so check that out. This is my lunch with uh, with Graham and Chris. We had a great time. We went to Hugo's in Studio City, and what can I say? I always tell myself I'll keep the introduction short. So uh, I, this time I'm actually going to try and do it. Uh, just so you know, and as I always do every week, just to let you know who's who at the table. It can be difficult to discern at times. Um, Graham Elwood sounds like this. This girl was like, she kept going, Jen Dorisher. And I was like, what's that? That's the girl who's having the birthday in the front row. And they kept going, woo, all the time. And then she would just yell out, Jen Dorisher, in the middle of my show. And finally was like, hey, shut up. Like, there's 80 other people here that don't want to hear you. And of course, everyone cheers. Why do you think that that's acceptable? A question for the ages. Uh, you can find Graham Elwood online. Uh, just Google Graham Elwood, G-R-A-H-A-M-E-L-W-O-O-D. Uh, he's also at Graham Elwood on Twitter, uh, GrahamElwood.com. Um, find him. Love him. Uh, my other guest, of course, is the other comedy film nerd, Chris Mancini. And Chris Mancini's voice sounds exactly like this. We're doing something crazy. I don't know if this has ever even been done before. Where, you know, our show is on Saturday at two, mm-hmm. so we're going to be showing a mo- uh, trailer. It's our first trailer for Earbuds, cool. the podcasting documentary. But we're going to be showing it as we're still shooting the movie at the same time in the same room. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's kind of like a you know we Inception. might be, we might be creating a time paradox. I'm not sure. 
Well, if we do get sucked into a black hole, be a pretty sweet way to go. It's the Grabbing Lunch Podcast. My friends, you can go to grabbinglunch.com to see pictures of my guests, listen to previous episodes, keep the conversation going in the comments section underneath every blog post, and be like longtime listener Christy Smart, who chimed in with a very thought-provoking theory on blue laws uh, from last week's episode with Jamie Flam and Vanessa Ragland. Uh, Christy is fantastic. Actually, just uh, was trolling her website, ChristySmart.com. It's K-R-I-S-T-I-S-M-A-R-T. She makes these awesome coats. They, uh, they're period coats. They're, they're kind of steampunk. It looks like she makes them for, uh, for pirates and wrestlers. Uh, it's, it's amazing art. Uh, it's ChristySmart.com. So be like Christy Smart. Get involved in the Grabbing Lunch podcast. Um, that is it. Oh, don't forget to find me, uh, Matt Knutson, the person whose voice you're currently listening to. Uh, MattKnutson.com. M-A-T-T-K-N-U-D-S-E-N. It's a Grabbing Lunch podcast. Uh, I will also be at the um, LA Podcast Festival this weekend. I'll be introducing uh, two podcasts, uh, Who Charted with Howard Kramer and Kulat Vilasak, and The Dollop with Dave Anthony and Gareth Reynolds. So uh, I will be there. You will potentially be there. And uh, with that, here's my lunch with uh, Graham Elwood and Chris Mancini at Hugo's in Studio City. Let's see. Are you guys uh, uh, Hugo's regs? Both Hugo's, yeah. yeah. Turn me on to him. Yeah. Because he lives right down the street. So. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it was uh, founded by Victor Hugo. With his Les Miserables money. Of course. Yeah, that's what you do. And then he started the taco stand behind us. <laughs> the Hugo's Tacos. That's like the offshoot. <laughs> that's true, Hugo's Tacos. Or to the Fantain. It's, uh, it's good, but you have to sell your hair and teeth to, uh, to buy it. Sold. Sold. Yeah, this actually works out perfectly. Hey, how are you? Hey. Good. Welcome to Hugo's. My name's Nicole. Can I get you guys Hi, Nicole. Like a favorite lemonade or tea or something. What kind of iced tea do you have? Iced tea, the one we automatically have brewed ready to go is a black tea with kind of like a passion fruit flavor, but if that doesn't sound good, you can do any of our tea spiced. Uh-huh. It'll just come hot with a cup of ice. Sure. I think I'm just going to be good with uh, water. Water? Okay. Yeah. Can you do a green tea lemonade? Green tea lemonade? Sure. Green tea lemonade. Yeah, the lemonade. Yes, very Eastern. Jasmine ice. Ice, okay? And ice water is What is it, jasmine ice? Green jasmine. Also, you guys, if any of you happen to be interested in breakfast at all, we are unfortunately out of the cinnamon French toast. Oh, okay, good to know. It's wow. over. Oh, no. <laughs> I think it'd be fun to kind of like, when she comes back, order the cinnamon French toast as if it. Like, what, are you hearing? What, are, what are you talking about? That's the only reason I came here. <laughs> yes, uh, cinnamon French toast. The cereal. I'm sorry, we don't, we don't have that. What are you They haven't made that in 20 years. <laughs> when I was a kid growing up, we, like, we never got the sugared cereal, but my brother would use, he'd buy it with his like allowance, or like if he had like a, he'd get a paper out and he'd buy Captain Crunch. 
and then he'd use the Captain Crunch to bribe me to do his chores. He's like, oh, I don't want to clean the bathroom, but here's a bowl of Crunch Berry. I'll do it. Such a. So what happens when you grow up poor? You get bribed with Captain Crunch. Where did you grow up? Very easily. Uh, I'm kind of a Midwest kid, but I mean that was like North Dakota. Ellendale, North Dakota. It was a, probably like 1300. It's like a farming, like a farming town. The Dakotas know? are rough, man. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I haven't been out there for a while. I mean, I still have, well, thanks to like Facebook and stuff like that, you could connect with people, but I've been out there proper for, for years. I'm sure you have a lot in common with everyone out there. Just <laughs> been in California for 15 years. Sure, that's what you do. Yeah, you just... I mean, there's a joke that always kind of goes over well. It's just like, uh, you know, the people are great, but um, I think you can buy North and South Dakota in one state and call it. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. I'm good. Sorry, I get very quiet when I'm sure. choosing my lunch. That's all right. When you when I anticipate iced tea, I, yeah. I really shut down. <laughs> I got to focus. <laughs> <laughs> this place... I love it. As like a vegetarian, my my dilemma with places like this is there's too many choices. Yeah. Yeah. Normally you have what five to choose from. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Have you tried vegetarians on Colfax? It's whatever. I've never heard of. I've made up the business. Are you ready? I'm good. I'm ready. I yeah, focused. Sure. <laughs> had that had that 90 yeah. seconds too. So after you, Chris. This uh, caprice. Potato pancake sandwich sounds ridiculous. So, it sounds, so I'm not going awesome. to get it. Yeah. Um, with the mozzarella or with tofu? Oh, uh, with mozzarella. Mozzarella. I'll go the green tamale plate. The plate, okay. With the vegan cheese. Okay. And cinnamon French toast. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you like a club sandwich? Yeah. Uh, what are those? I have chicken, turkey, tofu, or pork. Uh, turkey would be great. And do you have like a veggie side? Veggie side? Yeah. yeah um, like... I can do, I have tons of veggie side. Okay. I'm in the mood for a salad. I have sauteed leafy greens, broccoli. They even have kale steam. here. Uh, salad sounds good. Okay. Yeah, is thank you very salad much. Okay? House salad is brilliant. With some um, Thousand Island on the side? I don't have Island. Um, I... Cancel the Thousand Island. Yes. Well, first question, let me finish with the club. Do you want regular sure. bacon, turkey bacon, or veggie? Uh, regular bacon. Regular bacon. And it comes yeah. in like a sourdough bread. Okay, that sounds okay. great. And it has like guacamole and stuff like that on it. That's okay? I'll take it off. Um, as far as dressings, by default, we do a balsamic vinaigrette. Sounds you don't perfect. Want, that's okay? Yeah. I can do a vegan ranch. Um, the, the vinaigrette sounds okay. perfect. Yeah, thanks. Can I have a Thank you. I'll be right back. Sure. Do your thing. How was your weekend? It's been crazy. It's uh, getting ready for PodFest and then also uh, just getting ready to shoot the movie at PodFest. We're doing something crazy. I don't know if this has ever even been done before. We're, you know, our show is on Saturday at 2. So we're going to be showing a uh, trailer. It's our first trailer for Earbuds, the podcasting documentary, but we're going to be showing it as we're still shooting the movie at the same time in the same room. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's kind of like a, you know, we Inception. might be, we might be creating a time paradox. I'm not sure, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna do our best <laughs> to not create a black hole at the show. Right. It would be a shame if your whole show got sucked into <laughs> itself. Yeah. And you're like, oh. oh, that's funny. Yeah, I went, we've uh, created a singularity. <laughs> the show. <laughs> 
somehow in the worst way possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I went um, last year when it was in Santa Monica. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Were you coming this year? I'll, I'll try and roll down. Yeah, Absolutely. for sure. I, yeah. I'm trying to um, balance my my weekend accordingly. Right. But I live in Santa Monica, so when you guys were there last year, I just like, right, it was easy. hello, bicycle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so you can just go down there and lock it up. Somebody did steal the light off the front of my bike, so... Really? Yeah. So now you can't go at night. <laughs> so I gotta turn it in by 5 p.m. I don't have $11 for a new light, Chris. Uh, yeah. Things are going good, but not... You gotta get a new bike. <laughs> you gotta get a new bike. Does it come broken. with the light? Yeah. yeah. So... Yeah, so... I keep my bike on the patio. So it's one of those things where, like, you know, I ride it a lot, but every time you, like, ride it, you're, like, dusting off the, the thing, like, you have to kind of file down the rust because you live by the beach, like, the bike, the bike cables and stuff, so it's worth it, but... You live by the beach occasionally, you lose a light here and there, it's you still... Do. Yeah, you're doing yeah. okay. Still doing all right. They stick up every once in a while. Yeah. It happens. <laughs> I'm interested to see what will happen with the new, like, transit, because they're building the train, like, all the way out to the end of Colorado, and it's supposed to go from there to, like, Culver City to downtown, so... I don't know. In Are theory, you going to be able fan. to get to the airport? They're working the on that now. Yeah. yeah, I was just at the airport it's last night. It's been years, night. why can't they figure that out? We're talking about the, uh, the new metro, like, going to, to Santa Monica, Culver City. Oh, it's great. I take the one from Culver City to downtown all oh, the time. Dude. It's great. Where's the stop at? Well, it's stop. What do you mean? Just oh, the Culver City stop. It's right near, it's like Venice and National, kind of. Oh, that's cool. And it stops. It, I've gone to shows, like, at the Staples Center on Friday night. Yeah. And gotten there in 35 minutes. Would be it would be an hour and a half on the 10. Yeah, that's pretty it's, cool. It's and when they're going to extend it to, to the right by the Third Street Promenade. Oh yeah. Next year. Oh, it's perfect. Colorado. It's. it's did, you, uh, did you hear about these, this crazy plan they're doing to the 101? No. Like where Neil lives, it's our one of the guys that works in comedy film nerds with us. Uh, um, there's the stretch of the 101 that goes through Hollywood. Mm -hmm. That apparently they're gonna bury it like do something really? crazy they're gonna build a giant like park like central park uh, and make it go through it like they're literally gonna bury the one i want to make it a tunnel through hollywood and then the whole thing they're gonna like uh, make a giant park with like performance venues and all sorts of stuff and i'm thinking that's now is that gonna take years that's right. gonna be millions and millions and millions of dollars to put that uh, together, so well, that's a, that's a just to have Limp Biscuit yeah, come out, yeah, because right. he said he got all this. It wasn't just like a flyer in the mail, he got like this giant packet of like the plan to do. And he said, Because where he lives now, when it's done, then I will have uh, Parkview property because <laughs> <That's laughs> it's all you know, it, it's in it's in. Hollywood is in dire need of a restore. Yes. But that's pretty ambitious to just turn it into a park. <laughs> the thing that gets me, and I think why the 10 is always so fucked up, is it's just like the 10 and then goes to the 110, but it's just one lane. So it's just like, uh, the, the, one of the biggest freeways goes to one of the other biggest freeways. 
with, you know, the most second largest city in America. Yeah. And Are we recording, this, by the way? Yeah, this is, ah, I love it. Yeah, this is the show. I didn't even know we started. It, exactly. It's part of the curse. Yeah. And it also happens on the 405 to the 101 South. If you go like the 405, oh, yeah, it yeah. sucks down to one lane and you have to. The four, that stretch of the 405 from the valley just past the airport is the most congested stretch of highway in the country. Yeah. And will continue to be so. Yeah. Right. Until the Rock Plaza opens. <laughs> but I'm telling Would you, you get Kiss involved in any project? The Rock? What's the Rock Plaza? No, no, we were just saying the underground thing. Oh, oh yeah, this, yeah, this giant. I'm just, uh, I'm pitching names for what this thing will be. That'd be great if it was called the LA Rock Plaza. Right. But it's called the 101OH. Yeah. Oh, extending <laughs> the diamond lane, though, that actually has made a difference. Yeah, I agree. Without a doubt. Yeah, I agree. Because people just are forced to have to carpool because they know they'll save 25 minutes, which is huge. Right. Oh, yeah. Especially if you drive that every day. Every day. Yeah, living in Santa Monica, if... If I leave at the wrong time, it's, you know. I'm just watching Graham work his steampunk team machine. That is kind of steampunk. It's got a little silver top. It's yeah, it's got, it's got a bunch of rivets in well, it. They give you, they give you get the leaves floating yeah. in it. They give you the loose leaf tea, which is all nice and high-end, but right. then they give you a glass of ice, and that's how you make iced tea. Yes. Like I'm some sort of pioneer person, <laughs> like I'm tanning a- my own skins. <laughs> <laughs> the helicopter pilot from Mad Max Beyond yeah. Thunderdome. <laughs> it is good I see though. It's a jasmine green tea. It's yeah. very good. You can't go wrong. <laughs> yeah, right before you guys showed up, there was a, a manager interviewing a potential client. It was. Uh, was she a cute young girl? Was well, she set up? Yes, it was one that of those old games. Yeah, yeah. It was uncomfortable because I saw what was happening. And you knew what was going to happen yeah. five days from now. If, yeah. if you hear, you know what I like about you? Say I get another couple three of ice. times. A couple of ice things. Uh, then you're like, ugh. <laughs> this is actually a restaurant we're at. I remember we, Chris and I have come here a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. We, I remember seeing uh, Connie Brighton and, I for, and uh, Adrian Pilecki. Like, in the... It was probably in the middle several years ago, so the Friday Night Lights were still on the air, and I was just like right. hanging out like they weren't even them. Yeah. <laughs> like like regular people. How dare you be a celebrity in public? Yeah, going Adrian, out and having dinner somewhere. And Adrian Pilecki, uh, just as beautiful in person as Ruth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's all right. And there's also something beautiful about not trying too hard. Yeah, that's she, very attractive. Yeah, she was like jeans, t-shirt, no makeup, and I was like. So lucky. Yeah. yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> all she had was a, so all she had was a jeans, t-shirt, and a stylist. That's yeah, all she was at. that's all she had. <laughs> last looks. Yeah. yeah. I was on a flight back from Vegas last night, and it was like. Uh, Thank you. Oh, hey, can I, uh, some more water, please. Oh, yeah, yeah, thanks. And it was women who were coming to LA for like a wedding. But they're all like Vegas girls coming and like they brought the round of drinks and they were all cheering. Well, did you know? Well, and you're just like, you know, there's constant bachelorette that party. aren't in your thing. Yeah. Those are the same women that come and ruin comedy shows. <laughs> so true. Oh, thank you. I did this show in Shanghai. Wow. I did this two or three times, and all the shows were great. There was one show that was like Saturday night or Friday, it was packed. The Kung Fu Comedy Club in Shanghai. It's like 90 seat venue, it's, just, it's a small venue, but it's probably the biggest comedy club in China. Cool. 
And there was like 10 people there celebrating this one girl's birthday. So yeah. like eight of them were in the front row, and then there was like two people way in the back. Now, is this where they're not expats, or where they are mostly expats? It was mostly expats. No, these, these were dumb Americans. Yeah. These were dumb, <laughs> they put dumb, the hyphen in expats. Stupid American. Yeah. Right. I give up on America. I'm out of here. This girl was like, she kept going, Jen Dorsher. And I was like, what's that? That's the girls having the birthday in the front row. And they kept going, woo, all the time. And then she would just yell out, Jan Dorsher, in the middle of my show. And finally was like, hey, shut up. Like, there's 80 other people here that don't want to hear you. And of course, everyone cheers. Yeah. Why do you think that that's acceptable? Ugh, dude. What the fuck is your problem? I don't even think and, Jen you know, Dorsher wanted her. No, Jen back. Dorsher was, didn't want that. And Jen Dorsher comes up to me after the show and apologizes for her friends. Right. It's like, that group of women is worse than the guy who thinks he's funny. The guy who thinks he's funny is a moron, make right. no mistake, and he yells out stupid things because everyone's like, oh, Steve's the funniest guy at the fill-in-the-blank. In the blank office. Warehouse, the sales team, yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah. He's the funniest guy. Steve, at the graveyard. Yeah. <laughs> you, Steve, you should get up there. No, you shouldn't, Steve. No, you, you You're not funny. You would have done it already, Steve. Right. But the problem is Steve is alone. Right. He has a group of friends, and he's the one loudmouth. Right. Rarely is there five Steves at one table, but the birthday or the bachelorette party with the gals is all the Steves. dumbest. They're all Steves. <laughs> it's all Steves. They're all Steves, and they always have way too much makeup and hair. And, like, I don't and they're the ones who always, when you hold up your merch, want a free one. Right. Oh, yeah, sure. I want a free one. Why? Because I'm cute. It's Jen Dorsher's birthday. You know, it's, uh, How about no? <laughs> you know, there's a lot of attractive women that go to comedy clubs. You know sure. what's not attractive on a woman? Tell a me. sense of entitlement. Yeah. Oh, ever. good lord. Yeah. Can you imagine? That's not attractive on anyone. No, any it really game. isn't ever. But no. the, the, the cute girls always have... I did, there was, I did a, a late show in Milwaukee. I was there in February or something like that. And these group of women were celebrating their friend's 50th birthday. They all went to the same college together. And they were acting like idiots. Like college kids. And they were ruining the show and the manager was like, hey, you need to be quiet. They were like, eh. And they were like, and they, as they're leaving, they come up to me and I'm, I'm selling my merch and they're like, we were going to buy a thousand of your shirts, but now we're not buying any. Good. Great. I don't want my name on your dumb body. <laughs> Stupid. And, and Why if, uh, are you coming out? And were you really going to buy a thousand Oh, a thousand, shirts? really? The, the six of you were going to buy a thousand shirts? No, I'm not going to buy any. I'm going to inflate the number I was going to buy. Oh. Yeah. Well, that doesn't... Yeah. So I'm going gonna, gonna to make up the number that I was never going to buy. So 150 shirts each? Yeah. That's the worst. I was doing a show in San Diego. This is even just like a few months ago. And there was a, ta a table full of uh, Navy guys, which is when you like San Diego. It's like a... All it's military. a port city, so... Marines and Navy. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was trying to be very diplomatic, but I had to break, like, three, four, five times. Like, on the fifth time, you could feel the air go out of the balloon for the rest of the crowd. Because it was like, it was still like Kenny laughs, and it was still it kind of light and entertaining. Yeah. yeah. And then I said, I, and I, you know, you do the thing where you get their names so you can address them individually. Like, Doug, um, I, I hate to do this to you, but how many people want Doug to shut the fuck up? And everyone's like, and they just, they, they went crazy and they kind of got up and left and the manager was like, I'm sorry, they come here all the time, they don't normally do that. And you're like, you want to do that in fine line where you want everyone, including even the heckler, to enjoy themselves. But if it's me or the show, I'm going to go for the show. It's the you thing know? because when you don't do that, 
And I feel like you lose the well, then, lose the control of your room. You lose control of your room, but then you have people coming up to you after the show going, "Man, that guy wouldn't shut up," and they're it that, ruins the show for them. They're pissed off, yeah, right? And it's like it, it bothers me too when sh- when clubs don't patrol the room. Yeah, a well-run club needs to have door people walking up. What guys? You need to be quiet. And if they're like, "Man, man." Out. You're out, yeah. Kick them out. And people start seeing consistently idiots getting kicked out. Right. We're never coming here again. Good. I would, if I ran a comedy club, I would take. You their, don't want them back. Here's yeah. what I would do I would take their photo and their name and put it on a wall and go, Wall of Idiots. <laughs> These people see are never on the movie. Yeah. Yeah, you can go see Rio too. It's playing right down the yeah. Or just go to a bar and be loud. Yeah. Yeah. Go to a bar that's playing loud music and you can yell and scream and no one will care. <laughs> It's great. It's true. That's the difference between a band. Like you can, like if a band is playing, you can go and talk. Yeah, and, you know, and scream. They have an electric talk. guitar that yeah. they, you have to compete with. Uh, Nobody gets that. Yeah. Kick them out. And if you don't understand that, you're stupid and you shouldn't go to comedy. It's like it's like if you don't like live mu- loud music, don't go to a rock club. No. Right? Um, and here's the irony of it. There's no comedy club. That, look, that has lost control of the room that's been successful. True. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, look at this. All right. Yes, sir. Wow, thank, thank you very much. This is quite a Thank you. Like, whenever a club thinks, does all the wrong things, like, oh, we'll paper the room, they don't control hecklers, that comedy club is going to be short-lived. Thank you. Always. I have no exception. When they start papering, it's the end of the... You know the club's done. Yeah. When they're papering on Saturday night, but even when he passes on Wednesday night, okay. But even then, you gotta think, even if you do, tickets are five dollars each, or so, even that something, something. The Zanies, I was just working at Rosemont, which is a great club. They did this really brilliant thing. On Thursday night, they did a charity thing to the Kiwanis Club. They, Fantastic. They gave, here's how they did it. It was so smart. They gave the Kiwanis Club 150 free passes. The Kiwanis Club then sells the tickets for 25 each and keeps the money for their charities. Yeah, that's a great way to raise money. So then the person coming to the show paid 25 bucks. Right. And gave to charity. So, the, right. so they're paying charity. The comedy club has 150, 200 people in the club now. They probably would have had 60 people on a Thursday night. Now they got almost 200. And these are entitled people who felt like, I'm a good person. I gave to this charity. I get to see a show. They paid for a show. Because most people don't get this. And I've explained this to people who aren't comics. An audience for the people who got free passes suck. Yep. The more expensive a ticket is, the better the audience is. Or they don't value it. It's like a lounge that they can just wander in and out of. You're like, oh my god. Why? Yeah, when I first was getting started, and I wanted to do, you know, shows where you can actually do like 20 minutes or a half an hour, I remember like, I was two years in and I was like, I want to do a half an hour. A friend of mine and I, uh, Sarah Shave, we each were doing a half hour, so it was an hour show and it was a benefit for the Red Cross. So we were like, hey, we have this little theater, there's 50 people, come, give. It's not a traditional club, so, you know, there's not that expectation of, like, you know, I'm sure if I listen back to it now, it's probably not that good, not that good. But if you can do a charity thing, everyone, it feels like a W for everybody, you know? Yeah, and they were, like, the best crowd of the week almost now. Charity fundraiser shows are always awesome. Well, sometimes they can get uptight. 
Sometimes oh, really? the crowd can get, they can get uptight. But this thing was so brilliant because they paid 25 bucks. So they they were coming to see a professional show. They weren't free ticket people. The club is being doing goodwill. Plus they're making money at the bar. The show was great. And then, you know, the manager was telling me, she goes, we've got about a 98% retention rate. All these people that were just helping this charity are now coming to this comedy club, which in this case they is only, a good time. It's only about a year or two old. And they're like, well, this club's great. Then they get a free ticket and they get on the mailing list and all this other stuff. And it's like, you know, that club supports charity. I like that. Yeah. Never underestimate the power of goodwill, mm-hmm. you know? It's great. Yeah, I was in Shanghai. I used to be a merchant marine before I... Oh, I didn't know that, out. really? Was, yeah. No way, dude. After I got out of high school, I there for like five years. That's something I've been uh, never quite clear on a merchant marine. What yes. exactly is a merchant marine? Merchant marine are civilian um, sailors that work on ships that, that transport cargo all over the world. And it's like the truckers of the sea. Everything's fantastic. Thank you. Great, thanks. So, um, you seen Captain Phillips? But you're still a civilian. You're a civilian. You're not in the military at all. Okay. You know. Do you go through training? I did. I went through a training um, in Piney Point, Maryland. I went for about six months. Got the basic, basic, basic. And my first ship was going out to... A military training? No. It was, no. It's all It's all Coast Guard accredited. Uh-huh. So, you can go... They, so, it's like was a, It was a union thing. Yeah, like it had a shipboard firefighting, first aid, mm. like boat rescue. Because like anything you could think of, once you're out in the middle of the ocean, if anything comes up, you got to handle it yourself. If there's no right. like nine one one, so right. they, they did the basic uh, training for that. But um, no way, dude. Yeah, so that was like I, I got out of high school. I went to junior college for one semester. I was so miserable, and I just met someone who did it and. He introduced me to the right people, and I got into the program. So, but yeah, I was in uh, Shanghai, like right before um, the Brit- Brits gave it back to, to wow. China, and then right after. So I have the old flag and the new flag because when you when you uh, sail into some other country's port, you have to raise their colors. So, um, you know, your America, you always put the American flag at, at the top of the staff, and then the country of origin, or the country that you're sailing into, you do their flag. Oh. And, uh, once they weren't using the, uh, you know, the, the British Hong Kong flag anymore, I was just like, would you mind if I just took this home and kept it forever? So it's kind nice. of yeah, it's, I did not perform comedy, but I was... Hong Kong, it was the only place I'd ever been to in my entire life where it had one-way sidewalks. I was there for New Year's, and it was so crowded, you could only walk in one direction on the sidewalk. It was... I loved Hong Kong, man. Hong Kong and Shanghai were really... Mm-hmm. Well, I want to ask you more about the Merchant Marine yeah, stuff. Yeah, really yeah, no, like, like, when we were watching Captain Phillips, uh-huh. I'm wondering, like, why these ships didn't have, like, mercenaries or anybody on board to protect them from pirates. Is there international law that prevents things like that? You can't have weapons, right? You can have weapons. I mean, I actually went to um, small arms training at Fort Dix, New Jersey. So I had the accreditation on my like shipping card that said I could be on the small arms task force. But for the most part, if you like have weapons and you're you're that, it kind of stops being a merchant ship and starts being like a military ship. So um, 
I don't know. There, there are some people, but for the most part, it's like like Tom Hanks' character that you know, Captain Phillips is like, you know what? Here's here's money. Do do whatever you want. The human life is worth more than. Yeah, but we never had pirates there and take over, but I sailed those waters off the coast of Africa. It was like my first gig out of school to Somalia. And it was right around the, uh, the Black Hawk Down era of Somalia. Really? Just like, Whoa. Was there yeah. security on the cargo ships? Like, Did you have like security guards there, any armor? So it was none. No. No, uh, you're just the crew. Well, let me ask you this: What? I mean, all I'm really going off of is just sort of movies and TV. But sure. Well, these guys that are like lifelong merchant marine guys are yeah. they just regular guys who want a job? Are they like creepy dudes ducking the lawns? They're like <laughs> mix of both. I mean, a lot. If you're like an old timer, there's uh, something happened. There's some salty dudes out there. You know, like. Anybody just go? I'm just four divorces in the rear view, and you know that was the rear view. Four divorces, and they're just like you know, maybe a dozen kids. But that's, I mean, that's not everyone. That's you, you get know. some of the guys were like running from something. Or... I would say more than anything else in the um, in the industry, the, um, Captain Hazeltine and the Exxon Valdez changed changed everything. Because before. And this is before I even got into it. You could have a couple drinks, you could be, you know, you can go out. But they clamp down, and there's drug testing, and alcohol testing, all that stuff. So you can go ashore and have a good time, but you, you gotta, you gotta keep it together. Whatever ship I was on, I was on. I mean, I started when I was a teenager. So you can't I was spill just your the, oil. Don't spill your oil in the wrong port. It's she she. Yeah, I, I was always the kid on every ship I was on. I was 20 to 30 years younger than everyone I worked with. Wow. And I was just like, yeah! So, I mean, I sailed to Europe, Africa, the Far East, and it was just like, it was the block I would have gone to college. I say that all the time, but it's just like, like 19 to 24, and you're like... Seeing the yeah. world. See, yeah, getting paid to see the world. No, did you... Instead of backpacking through Europe, which, which I actually did that on my time off because I didn't have an apartment or any responsibilities and I, I would get off a ship and I'd go backpacking for like two or three months and come back and get another ship so I kind of did that cycle for about, oh, man, about five years oh man that's awesome you said this sort of nomadic life yeah just kind of living out of a bag you know that's the age to do it well, let me ask you this did you like get into some crazy trouble do you have any of those stories um I don't know if I got into crazy trouble. I didn't really get caught on most of the like the things that I did, but you know, also too, when other sailors are going ashore, they're going to spots that I'm not necessarily hanging out. They want to like, hit the brothels. They want to go to the casinos. They want to go. But I would like keep a bike on most ships that I went on, and so you can just take your bike down the gangway and just like I want to see this Shaolin temple, you know, or I want to go to the zoo. So it's a different. You were like tourism than the other guys I was working with. You were like, I want to go kill a hooker and buy heroin or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, I want to experience life, not yeah. as an evil human being. Right, exactly. You I'm going to travel the high road and see where it gets me. Yeah. So you use different ports, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. different ports, exactly. Pseudonyms, Chris, you understand. Yeah. 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 But um, I, I had, it was, it feels like a lifetime ago, but it was one of the 
greatest experiences of my life, for sure. And also, too, as you're doing it, you know, you're not going to be doing it your whole life because I always wanted to get into what I'm doing now. But, you know, my last ship, I, uh, I took it from, from Long Beach, went through the Panama Canal, took it up to Boston, and, and flew back. And I was just like, good night, everyone. And that was, I, I, I didn't do another ship after that. No, it was pretty great. Being at sea for a month or two at a time, did you uh -huh. do you ever like get nuts or you start getting I think stir crazy or anything like that? Seasickness, really. anything? Um, you develop. You hear the term sea legs, yeah. and it really is a thing. I mean, like oh. you have to learn I, how to block how to ship because it's perpetually rolling. Right. So it's, if it goes like if it lifts, you know, port to starboard, left and right. You have to like walk kind of this looping snake line just in order to go straight. So um, you develop that, and also heavy seas. Like I was in the North Atlantic in like 50, 60 foot swells, and you go up the front of the wave or the back of the wave, and you know that feeling of like a roller coaster, or you hit a, a road, a, like a bump in the road, and you're like, Ooh, that like this this. You experience that feeling for five to ten seconds as you're coming down the back of like a 60 foot you know Man. but waves in the middle of the ocean don't break right it causes a shore for them to actually break so they literally are swells and you're just like and if the if it gets too um, rough or the weather's too inclement you abandon trying to make way you don't even try and go to your location you just like you go five knots and you put the bow right into the waves and you just, you ride it out. You can't try and get to your destination. You're just like, all right, we're just gonna hang out. We're gonna do this for a day or two. So they build those into the shipping plans. Wow. Yeah, yeah. But the North Atlantic is pretty, pretty brutal. It's the heaviest seas I've ever been a part of, easily. I know, I mean, I've, the only thing I've ever done is, you know, work cruise ships out of Florida. Sure. But the, it's the same thing. Same thing. Yeah. It's totally same. Thing. Zero difference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys don't have a <laughs> have a nice buffet that <laughs> shows every night. Um, no, we do. Yeah, yeah just different. Uh, just lipstick on the weak guy. Right. <laughs> our shows are just a VHS copy of Harry and the Hendersons. Those are our shows. <laughs> um, but the thing I must say. That I and, and maybe it's because I live near the beach and I'm a surfer that I would just sit on my on my balcony or on the back of the ship and just look at the vastness of the ocean and I could look at that for hours. Me too. I just love that. Yeah. Some people get freaked out by it or whatever, and I would just be like, Wow. And you you know, living in big cities my whole life and traveling the cities and the airports, yeah. it's so different to just be like Just look at the ocean. Yeah. And just be like, that's it. And the vastness of the earth, and mm -hmm. and then you're doing that at night. You're looking at the stars and the moon off the wide. You're just like, yeah. when you're in the middle of the ocean, there's really no horizon. Like stars start at the, at the in the water, and then you go it's panoramic, 360. So you're just like, this is right. And like I, I remember um, like sailing through Alaska and like going through like a pod of like two, three hundred killer whales, just kind of like popping out, and they're just you know. And a lot of times um, there's something called the boldest bow on a ship, which is if you ever see a ship out of water like a, a big like liner. You know that like round thing yeah, at the yeah. bottom that kind of keeps it balanced? Underneath the water, in like certain areas, there's so much phosphorus 
that that bulbous bow breaks it up, and it's like a fireworks show underwater. And it's just like they like explode and shoot. You just like you know the the wake it sprays out. It's like a, like a fireworks show. It's amazing. Now, whenever you were having one of these Zen moments on the ship, like where you're just looking at the ocean. Mm -hmm. um, did anybody ever come up to you and go, Oh, you're the comedian that we just saw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we were going to buy a thousand t-shirts. We were named the Jen Just like, why were you so dirty? <laughs> you, should, you should do more clean jokes in your man. I could do a palm strike. Uh, <laughs> thank you for remembering that, but what's a podcast? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Probably get a oh, yeah, uh, so you probably get this question a lot. What is a podcast? What is a podcast? <laughs> On demand radio. Internet radio. It's a radio show you can download and listen to whenever you want. But on what channel? <laughs> iTunes, any channel you want. But like on your computer or on your... Yeah. Computers can get them. <laughs> now, what is a computer? Oh, no. Oh. What time is it on? Whenever you want it to be on. What's time? Oh, boy. We're going to have to start. Explain the concept of time to me. Well, the Earth rotates around the sun on its own axis, and in that, we... Not what they said at my church. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> oh, Mama created clocks to fool us. So great. Who planted dinosaur bones? <laughs> Wait, what? Actually, oh, just this weekend, I was in uh, Mount Zion at Bryce Canyon. I don't know if you guys have ever been to like Southern Utah, the national parks. It looks like the set from Jurassic Park. It's so oh, really? Yeah, the whole thing looks like an oil paint. It's it's amazingly gorgeous and just yeah, it's just awesome. It's about seems like two mile, uh, two hours, two and a half hours outside of Vegas. So uh, oh, so it's not that far. Yeah. So it was my 10th wedding anniversary. So my, uh, I, I surprised my wife. We flew out to Las Vegas. First, congratulations. Thank you. And so um, we renewed our, our vows at the little chapel of the flowers in Vegas. And then I rented an RV and drove out to the national parks for a couple days. Yeah, it was really cool. It was really cool. Oh, right. You don't have children. Yes. No, there's, uh, you can do things like that. You got kids? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Dude, Daddy O. Nine, nine, uh, nine and five. Wow. Yeah. Nine to five. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Is what it's, it's, uh, it's, it's funny when, uh, you know, when you have kids, too. It's like, okay, work all day. All right. About five, six. Now we're done. Oh, no, wait. Now my second job starts now. <laughs> so every day, it's a, it's a double. Think of it as a double shift. Uh, I would imagine, too, once kids get to a point where they have their own schedule, like soccer and karate. Yeah, that's exactly you know. right. My, my son takes karate, so I take him, and that's the schedule. And my daughter's in performing arts, so she has her schedule. And then, from what I hear from other parents, it gets even more complicated after that. Like, your nieces and nephews are older, so it becomes even more complicated. And then I remember um, my wife was talking to another parent, and... Um, he said, oh yeah, thank God she's 16, we're getting her a car. And my wife goes, you're getting her a car at 16? I didn't get a car at 16. And the parent goes, you don't understand, it's for me, so she can drive herself around all these things. It's not for her, the car. There's something about this, and this doesn't to sound like an old man, but like about this generation, 
it's an LA thing. But they are so used to getting shoveled around and getting like it's a different they, yeah, it's yeah a different they don't want to get a license. Yeah. They're just like yeah. Right. We walked it. We walked it everywhere. Oh, you know, dude. we were kids. There we were taking. I was taking the bus when I was nine or ten. Yeah, yeah you don't see that much. Anymore. When I was twelve years old, when we moved to Chicago, I was taking the train into the city. Yeah. But now you're gonna get murdered. Yeah. Like I was in the like, suburbs well, of Pennsylvania, but the thing is, everything was close together. Like all your friends lived on the same block. You all walked to school together. There was no, you know, in LA, it's like, oh my gosh, we got to get permits for school and zone into the right place. And our homeschool is no good, so now we got to find another one. Now we got to drive them there. There was none of that. It was like, oh, where do you live? Well, which school do you go to? Oh, the closest one. And then all my friends go there. And that's, it's simple and easy. And we played in, all played in the same park. Yeah, all played in the same park. Exactly. Yeah, we knew where everyone lived. They just walked around. You can't. Thank you. Now you got to apply to Montessori when your wife's pregnant. Oh yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like you got to acquire an accrued points to get into a magnet school, and then if you don't say yes, then your points disappear. And then you LA is uniquely insane. Yeah, it really is. Really my brother bad. lives in the suburbs of Chicago, and he doesn't have all that crazy shit yeah. you guys got to deal with, right? They moved, they moved into a school district that they wanted in a town they liked. Right. Yeah. And then they get to go to school. Simple. That, that's it. Yeah. That's yes. how it's, it's supposed to work. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But it's true, though. His, his, he has a 14 and a, an 11 and a 6-year-old. And a 14, 11-year-old both play sports, and it's just non-stop. Yeah. They both play. There's dark boys, softball, some plays baseball. And in the summer. Thank you. In the summer. It's insane. They're both in tournaments, and one mom's going here. I mean, it is. This, I was just there this past weekend. Saturday, my nephew had a baseball game because he plays fall ball, and Sunday he had a football. That girl. Yeah. And you still—that's not including all the practices. The and, yeah. yeah. Those are just the games. Yeah. Equipment purchases. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's—it's like like. Uh, Some bake sale fundraising event and all. There's always something. Like Bella's in a play. Like you know, she's in Annie. She got the lead at nine. Uh, we got Annie. Yeah. And, uh, like, you know, when you pay the theater fee, I'm like, okay, it's once a week and stuff, but then there's always, then there's a costume fee, and then there's, they, it's, there's never ends. Like, even with, uh, with my sons, like, you pay the, pay for karate, but oh no, there's a belt test fee, and then they have to buy the uniforms. Don't forget the, the sensei gratuity. Yeah, the sensei gratuity. <laughs> Suggested, yeah. yeah. Sensei has a little... Yeah, has a little palm strike. <laughs> is what it is. Just make sure the test goes well, if you know what yeah. I mean. <laughs> Maybe my kid's a brown belt today. Maybe how that sounds works. Connor's tired of being a yeah. yellow belt. No, looks, like, I mean. looks like it's just green. Yeah. <laughs> He's not going to eat past green belts. Yeah, he just opens the envelope. Looks like a green belt today. <laughs> Yeah. It looks a little heavier, maybe the <laughs> belt start changing yeah. colors. I mean, get a little darker. You know what I'm talking about. Are they? <laughs> he got like the weakest like, kid who's got a yeah, black belt because his dad's rich. Yeah. <laughs> and like his biggest problem is false sense of entitlement. And no one can hit him. No. <laughs> well, this was delicious once again. Oh yes. Well, we. And he ends up like back. Yeah. Have you ever t have you taken any other clients here, man? <laughs> 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 
one. I have yet to do a, uh, a repeat. That's that's kind of the fun thing. Like oh, when you invite someone, they're like, hey, where do you want to go? Do you like a place you like to hang? They always... So you've been in a different restaurant every time? Every time. I think this is... I've probably done like 50. That's you got to really do a cool. restaurant guide for a <laughs> Yeah, Hotcaster's restaurant guide. Yeah. Maybe I should. Wow. That's a great idea. We'll distribute it on the site. Okay. I'm serious. I'm telling you, man. We could do it. I could I could do that. Yeah, I've never tried to reach out to any kind of restaurant sponsorships just in case we had a bad experience or I said, like, oh, this place is terrible. Right, right. Okay. Hey. Thank you. Absolutely. Honestly, Chris, I'll look, I'll look into that. I think it's, yeah. a, it's kind of a fun idea. I think I'll do a little write-up. I'm interested in doing it. Yeah, because yeah. I've done stuff yeah. like... Um, yeah. I went to uh, LACMA at the Raisin Star Bar with Moshe Cash and Brent Weinbach, and they have like a water sommelier. He's like, these are the areas, and it's just like, that was hilarious. I've never heard of a water sommelier. Me neither. But like Weinbach's like, this place has a water sommelier. You're like, "Um, yeah, we're going to go there, you know? Yeah. Can you imagine the guy that didn't get that job? They interviewed two water sommeliers, and they're like, this is the only job. We're within 10,000 miles. Got it. I can't get it. Well, like to be guy. the only place yeah. that has water sommeliers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Manhattan, I'm sure, has them too. Yeah. Right. Let's make no mistake. Manhattan is pretty pretentious. Yes. <laughs> they like to play that, oh, we're more real. No, you're not. No. You're pretentious. Uh-uh. You have a $45 cupcake store. Yeah. You just <laughs> open longer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You have on your local news people going, it's the social season has started, and then show a bunch of rich assholes in the Hamptons having parties. And eating, and eating cronuts. Yeah. <laughs> That's not reality. Yeah, you're not. Right. So, but like, I would love to read that a podcaster's restaurant guide in Los Angeles. Maybe I should write it up. Yeah, you absolutely should, it man. Yeah, it's just out in uh, Denver doing the High Plains Comic Fest. Yeah, yeah. How was that? Awesome. It was awesome. Uh, but I went to Casa Bonita. You guys know Casa Bonita? It's like this, um, it's a Mexican restaurant, but it's also like kind of a theme park in a sense that they have like, this giant waterfall in the middle. It's probably like, I'd say 6,000 square feet, maybe 10,000. And they have Acapulco cliff divers and they have sketch shows. Wow, like, really? Close up magic and then dress up in old timey photography. So I went with Andy Jewett, who's like the co founder of the festival. And I used to go out there when I was a kid because my mom's from Denver. So. It was just, yeah, it was, it was really hilarious. Oh, cool. How long have you been living in LA? I moved here in 98, so like 16 years. Yeah. But I, I figured we met like late 90s, early 2000s when we did probably at a host audition or something, right? I think. Yeah. Would you rep by Paradise? No. No, you weren't. Uh-huh. Um, oh, I want, I want the name so bad. It was Stu Golfman and uh, who's the other guy? Oh, uh, oh not APA, but uh, uh, you know what I'm thinking about, right? The name escapes me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we met like around the same time, but then I didn't see you for a while, and then we reconnected at uh, Bridgetown. I think was the place. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That was a fun one too. It was. 
I think there's just something about like just, just hanging out and being good company. Which, you know, you know those comedy festivals, I love them because I mean, for, especially for me, any comic. If you're on the, I'm on the road a lot, so I love the hang out with comics. You know, just the one or two comics I'm working with. Maybe there's one other guy in town or something. But you don't get to like all hang out like you did when you were in your twenties and you first started. Mm -hmm. When you first started, you were going to shows every night. You all hung out. You all did shows together. Then you had parties on the week. Like you were always all seeing each other. You go on the road and it's you're in a little bit of a vacuum. So the, like I'm in Bridgetown. I remember just having a blast. And that's why, like when we do Hot Fest, I go. I feel like it's it's like high school reunion. Yeah, it's nice fun to hang out with friends. Yeah, especially here in town. Like even if you're on a show together. You like, you go and you do your spot, and you're like, and not like, I'll, 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 I'll see you later. I'm gonna take off, and it's you know, and when you, five minutes on the bike on the back wall. Once then you're married and have kids, and you're in your uh, late, really late thirties. Uh, you're like, oh my god, a ten o'clock show. Can I stay awake for that? And then it ends with like, like you want to hang out, you just don't have the energy. Yeah, <laughs> it gets later and later. Like I like when we we just did that show at the Improv, and I was like, you know, I'm exhausted, but no, I'm gonna force myself to stay out for one beer because I want to hang out and talk to everybody and relax and. Uh, but it, it's like it's hard. Yeah, <laughs> well, I was amazed when I came. I was talking to people in the showroom when I came out to the bar and saw you sitting there yep. <laughs> at like twelve thirty at night, yeah, just like, like Chris Mancini. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> What's he doing here? Yeah, I was like, yeah, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna push it. Yeah. There's also two. And I was exhausted for three days after that. <laughs> For it tenfold. Mm -hmm. I also, I think as I've gotten older, I've realized the diminishing returns of hanging. You know, and I and I do hang and I try and go and support shows. But if I'm not booked on a show, you know, by and large, you know, I'm not, I'm probably not going to go unless it's like someone's special thing or they're trying to like name on the marquee. Hey, you know, can you come? Right. I went to a friend's a showcase at I.O. It was for like NBC. He's like Eddie. He sends you an individual message. That's it. Eight o'clock. You're like, I try to stop me from being there. You know, but for the most part, if you see something on the calendar, it's like, it's Joe's show. You're like, eh, you know. Yeah, yeah. If anything, I'll try and string together like two or three shows and just go hang out at like a half hour, hour, grab a beer, you know, you just do some power glad handing. Yeah, you just when you're in LA, you just set your voicemail. The first thing it says, hey, sorry, I'm not here. You go, hey, sorry, I missed your show. <laughs> Please leave a message. <laughs> I, always, though, I like doing it though because there's all these comics, you know, you've been doing it long enough and you've been in LA long enough. I'm always like, oh yeah, that's right. That person that I haven't seen in forever, and they're hilarious, and I dig what they do. And it's one of the things I've loved about podcasting, it's kind of reconnected us with a lot of comics that we kind of lost track with. Once a week, you get to sit down for an hour. I had all the years I've known you, I never know you were a merchant marine. No, I some know weirdo sea guy from the yeah. Dakotas, you know? weird homosexual. I just assume. I assume. But, but, but you know, like a Captain Phillips, but with actual firearm training. Yeah, yeah. Fort Dix, New Jersey, which is the funniest of the forts in all the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I love doing this podcast too, because, like I said, I, I do love having lunch. I love hanging out. 
and, and without the context of the show, I couldn't say like, "Hey, we have a question." Yeah. You know, I would have said no. I don't. Know. I, I would have said we don't have time. <laughs> Not that I don't, but it, I would have been like, "Oh, we're getting ready for the festival. We're busy." Yeah. But it was like, well, this is cool, and then it ends up being a great thing. It's funny doing the earbuds interviews. I heard that from so many podcasters, and they all said, you know, like Aisha Tyler said that she goes, I didn't, I wouldn't hang out and talk to members of my family for an hour every week. But I will for this, and, and like Chris was saying, so many comics I, you know, haven't seen in a while. We haven't let in on the show, and it's like. You reconnect with them, find out what they're up to, and it's you know it's also good for business or whatever. Like oh, they're working on this and whatever, but just hanging out and laughing about whatever. I, I, it's been the coolest thing. It's why LA is a is a podcast community, right? Like is really. Someone was asking me in an interview about has it changed the LA comedy scene? Like wow, well, you know LA's already had a pretty decent. It's always had a good comedy scene, but I said it created this community. You know, we all hang out, we all come on each other's shows and say, oh, that's great. And, and you know, you come on our show, we'll be on your, you know, like that yeah, whole yeah. thing. And, 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 and the fact that they're so unique, like this is the first show I've done recorded in a restaurant of our choosing. And they're just, yeah, just yeah, so it's great. Awesome. It's such a great idea. Because we were thinking, oh, we got to eat lunch anyway. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, it'll help promote the festival. Yeah, yeah. we got stuff to do, me, but I want to be here. Yeah. Let's do it. I like it because you can only talk about yourself so much before you feel like you're completely... Yeah, yeah, shut you know, up. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can only eat alone in a restaurant so many times. Talking in a microphone about yourself. Yeah. Like, that just gets weird. <laughs> On a ship, sure. You're yeah. talking yeah. about the other people sitting around. That gets a little manifesto Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a shade Koresh. <laughs> Just a shade Koresh. Uh, Immersion restaurant marine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, those guys who were like, I mean, there's three departments in, in the ship. There's a uh, deck department, engine department, and steward department. And there's just like a, like a chef who's out there and we'll cook on, you know. What were the engine department guys like? <laughs> kind of greasy and, you know, um, well, it's in the engine room, no matter where you are, it's like 120 degrees. It's right. super hot. So those guys are wearing like, I mean, bandanas tied around their head, non-ironically, you know, and it was just, you know. The actual intent of the bandana. Yeah. <laughs> I was relieve sweat and stuff. When I was shipping out, I remember this so distinctly because I, like, my, like, I'm wearing what a uniform. I had a pair of coveralls that I, uh, I cut the arms off, I cut the legs off so that they were shorts, and I wore combat boots. So that I just like get in the morning. So you look like a cabbage patch doll. I did. <laughs> Scary Larry. That's a garbage pail kid. <laughs> but it was so casual. You could kind of do, you know, wear whatever you want. It was really, it was really loose. But it did attract a certain amount of like, like earheads. Yeah, yeah. But well, was was there ever any like factions or fighting or any of that kind of stuff? Or you know what? Was it pretty like if you get into a fight, you're done? Is it like they were pretty hardcore about that kind yeah. of stuff? Yeah. I was on a ship, we, we sailed from New York to uh, Gibraltar, the rock of Gibraltar, and, and um, there was some, someone like had like brought drugs or alcohol on, and the captain busted him, and they were going to fire him, and instead of like, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, he's like, well, 
he has it too, but he has it too. So his idea was to snitch on others to somehow like, look, we're all doing it. Um, this guy went ashore in Gibraltar and we never saw him again. That's the one thing, like if you go to a foreign port, if you give someone $300, you don't even have to get your hands dirty. And, uh, so these guys, he was like, it's like a New York cruise, bruisers. I don't know what happened to him. I have no idea. Maybe he just got drunk and ended up in a, you know, in a gutter somewhere, or maybe somebody. I would, I would believe anything. That's the type of people you're spending time with. Like, not that they have nothing to lose, but the people that scare me the most are the people that have nothing to lose. Oh yeah. Yeah. And no. Well, we get to this third world country port. What are they gonna do? There's no extradition. You're in the middle of the sea or whatever. That like. I'm in Mombasa, Kenya. I don't like this guy. I get it, like, just for fingerprints? Right, and, and, and again, you know? he isn't some rich guy on a cruise ship. Yeah. He's some guy that's a merchant marine lifer who doesn't right. have any real connection to anyone, and if he disappears, is, what, is there gonna... Right. Is it gonna be on CNN? Nope. No. It'd be a brief investigation by maybe the shipping company, and they're like, oh, we didn't find him. Did you look? Bobby, yeah, Bobby, yeah, for 12 hours, we, we couldn't find him, so it's just, it's almost like the Old West in a sense, like a missing person or uh, anything like that, it's, you, you can only do so much. Where are you going to like sweep Nairobi? Yeah, with, try and find with what? It's just, yeah. Who's going in there? Yeah. The FBI? Like, nope. Yeah. You talk to Nairobi cops? <laughs> think they give a shit about some merchant marine yeah, from New thank York? Yeah, that was great. No, they don't. No, uh, I think just a check. Yeah, we're all set. Thank, thank you. you. Um, yeah, I remember another cup of water. <laughs> Could he get another steampunk yeah. tea? <laughs> the press on this is just... <laughs> I remember renting a motorcycle in uh, Mombasa and riding out to like the countryside and just like being on these dirt roads where people would actually like kind of come out of their huts and like wave at you and also too like when you're in Africa and you're like a white guy you're like really the only white guy that maybe some of these people will ever see so they're like kind of lining the roads and like hey and I was like fine slip go down break neck you're you know, done that's, there's that's no right. ambulance showing up and putting you on a helipad that's back. a wrap you've done that that's, that's a wrap <laughs> 23 I had, a good, I had a good run and you think about that when you go in those countries and you go wow like I remember doing that in going through the, the Amazon and in Brazil just being like on a little raft going down some tributary of the Amazon and what who's gonna right what, right you know All, the headline would just read missing gone you know it's not there's no, it's like uh, uh, the flight what is that uh, flight 370 the Philippines yeah. that just went that just went down and there's places where they can't find it no matter what you think the technology exists? Well, it's just a question of time. And then as the days go on, you're just like, like they can't find it at all. That, that's a wrap. Yeah, that's a wrap. I know. I always tried this joke. It never really seemed to work, but it was like a missing persons investigation in the old west. It's just like, has anyone seen Dusty? Ah, I did all I could. <laughs> no, nobody. Ah, well. Have you ever? Ben on Mike Siegel's podcast, Travel Tales. I have. Yeah. Oh God, he's yeah, he's great. I would imagine you would be the yeah. story, the stories that you have. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I love Mike. Uh, he's a good dude. I'm sure we're just 
this is just the tip of the iceberg. I'm pretty I'm sure story. how many bodies you ditched off in Nairobi for guys that owed you money or whatever. <laughs> It still sounds like safer than like being on one of those like Alaskan king crab boats or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's those are some like lifers up there. It's a generational thing too. And that's going. We're deliberately going into rough seas, right? Isn't it like you have to go into the hardest area? Yeah. Deadliest catch. Because they can make so much money. Right. Right. You see those legs at like Costco? It's like a like a like four of them. It's just like eighty nine dollars. Okay. All right. Six people died to get yeah. you these. How many pinkies okay. got cut off in the middle of that <laughs> trap? It's the food version of blood diamonds. Yeah, it is. <laughs> That's a great joke. That's a great joke. You should say that. I will write that down. I will write that down. Um, so, Twitter, we're, we're, we're well, let's, yeah, the, the, sure, yeah. the LA Podcast Festival. Is that this weekend? It's this weekend, September 26th to the 28th. There's over 35 shows and five panels. Awesome. Uh, I know when this, this is kind of dropping in the middle of it, but if you still wanted to go, you could walk up to the Sofitel Hotel. You can uh, get a day pass, too. You get a day pass, um, or go to LAPodfest.com. But the great thing for people listening to this show is we're doing a live video stream all 35 shows and five panels for 25 bucks and you can watch everything it's going to be archived for three weeks after the festival so up until October 19th for 25 bucks you can watch all this stuff that happened at the festival and if you use coupon code nerd for comedy film nerds you save five bucks that's awesome. Yeah, so, I went last year, and you guys had uh, uh, Joey McIntyre from New Kids on the Block. He's back, coming back this year. I got to see yeah. Phil Hendry, yeah. which was awesome. He's in the festival again this year? A hero. You know what I mean? I don't use that word very often, but, you know, thank you very much. When you, like, you, you listen to him, and you, like, wonder, like, how is that? Is he pre-recording? But, like, oh, to yeah. see him do his process live, you're like... Yeah. And when everyone, Bill, especially, Bill, Bill, well, well last thought. year at the festival, people you, were just there, you, you know, we had a microphone in the audience, and everyone just kept coming up going, hey, can you, do, what is this, and just uh, kept asking a different character, just pimping him into doing, and he just went right to the next, it was, it was, it's a pro. Oh, man, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and especially when you like have been doing something so long, you have like that hardcore fan base. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. I think it'd be easy to um, like. I, I don't. I don't want to. I. I'm not gonna do that. I don't want to. He's do embraced that. It's it. Just like, yeah, ownership. He, There's he, nothing cooler than ownership. He embraced his how much these fans love him, and has embraced podcasting. I mean, this is a career radio guy. Yeah. Who made crazy money in syndicated radio, and now he's like, I love them. We interviewed him for earbuds, and he was like, I love the empowerment. It was a great interview. Oh yeah. man! And he went on and on about radio and, and how he loves podcasting. It was it was awesome. He's in the festival. Larry Miller's in the festival. Oh, Larry Miller. Yeah. We're gonna need a lot more sucking up. Well, not only are you a handsome man, but so great. So well, cool. Yeah. Thank you guys for hanging out. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. All right, that was it, my friends. That was episode forty-five. Grandma with Chris Mancini, the comedy film nerds. Uh, don't forget to check out LAPodfest.com, actually happening this weekend, September 26th, 27th, and 28th, uh, and archived at LAPodfest.com. Uh, don't forget to check out GrabbingLunch.com, MattKnutson.com, and Com.com. I've never done that before, but 
there might be something cool on there. Uh, I will see you guys next week. New episodes come out every Saturday, so share the podcast with your friend. Shoot me an email. It's grabbinglunch at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Or just post a comment in the comments section and keep the conversation going there. Uh, I am Matt Knudsen. Thank you so much for listening and your support. And in the immortal words of Russell Simmons, thank you all for coming. God bless. Good night.